We're in search of tarot. We're taking a look at the wisdom and wildness that life has to offer through the lenses of tarot, music, and magic. Hop in and let's see where today takes us. Hi, Erica. Hi, Nick. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you, too. <laughs> this, this seriously has gotten me through the day. The day has been tough for me, and looking forward to this is has gotten me through. Yeah, same. It's such a nice um, part of, like, every day leading up, you know, like, in the week. I, like, every day I'm, like, thinking about it, and so I get super excited. So I'm glad that we're here, and we've made it here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and it feels like it brings a little bit of... Uh, more like meaning to like the the time too as we as we prepare for the to to record this you know I, I'm obviously thinking about all the meanings and and everything and it just feels like it adds a lot to like my daily life so I'm I'm really glad we're doing this yeah me too <laughs> um so how have you been like tell me what tell me what's been going on the last couple of weeks things have been good um I'm very very fortunate to still be employed um so I I have been um, working, which is working from home. So super safe. Um, so that's been good. Um, just because I know I've seen a lot of, a lot of people, obviously, and a lot of friends, um, losing their work, losing jobs and kind of finding themselves in a place of boredom and depression. And I totally get that. And, um, so I'm very, very fortunate and, um, to still have a job. And of course, like turning to, tarot and everything has just been really helpful and like I said last episode very comforting during this time since um there is so much uncertainty so definitely getting my daily dose of news but trying to balance it out with um other things as well yeah yeah, yeah I feel like pulling cards is like just another kind of form of meditation in a way you know it just like yeah. keep, it's like a way to just get very much in the present moment um mm -hmm. I have to send you this thing. I don't think I shared it with you, but I last night or the night before I saw this amazing video that Elizabeth Gilbert put out who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Do you know mm -hmm. Elizabeth Gilbert? Yeah. Um, and she was talking about the story, this amazing story of a woman that she knew who she was best friends with. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a long story, but she was incarcerated for a, a long time in her life and ended up uh, becoming an author after she got sober. She was like a drug addict and she went back for the dedication of a library and basically told these, basically at the end of the speech, you know, or at the end of the story, she, she's talking to the, um, the incarcerated women and she's saying, you know, I was you and all, what I want to say to you is this is not who you are and this is not where you live. This is who you are in your heart. Mm -hmm. And she pointed to her heart and this is where you live in your mind and all of the rest you know, can come and go and change, but like, that's, that's who you are. And I feel like that's actually very justice, you know, like yeah. we were talking about the justice card today and that ability to be really kind of pulled back and, and know the deep truth, you know, in, in the center of all the chaos. Um, right. Yeah. So obviously a lot of craziness going on right now. And I think I'm just trying to sit in the middle of it, you know, as much as I can to just like experience it. And also, you know, remembering that 
it's not like things were really, I mean, we had a lot of issues before too, you know, yeah, like it, yeah. now, now we sort of are like, gosh, you know, we wish we could go back, but there was a lot wrong then. And there will mm-hmm. probably be a lot wrong in the future as well, you know, mm-hmm. so just trying to, to ride the wave of life, I guess. And uh, Elizabeth Gilbert also was saying, um, the world is doing its job, you know, the, the, the job of the world is to change and the world is doing its job. And yeah. So, so all you can do is your job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so speaking of that, of pulling cards, like, have you been seeing any patterns in your in your pulls lately? Yes. So um, I've been pulling a couple of similar um, cards. So I've been pulling the Six of Cups a lot recently, mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting for me because it's like a very it's very nostalgia and remembering your inner child and all of that and right now um my twin brother is at home with my parents for all of, you know until all of this really subsides and it makes me like you know miss i think i miss being there and um i would love it if like aj and i could just like teleport to like have some time with my family so i think that's why that's been coming up a lot for me um i've also been pulling the eight of pentacles a lot, which I think is very interesting because I know you have as well as I've seen on um, your Instagram and everything. So, um, and that's, you know, like new phases of life, exploration, spiritual growth. So I think that's very poignant. Um, And then this morning, I just want to share, or this afternoon, I pulled my cards and I pulled the four of of swords. Um, And that's, you know, retreat from the stress and chaos of the world, which is very much what is happening right now. Um, Reflect and meditate on what's happening. And I think that's interesting because we're all kind of being forced to do that. You know, we are being forced to retreat. And with that, you know, now is a great time to reflect and meditate and, and improve ourselves in any way that we can. Um, and then I also pulled this afternoon, the ace of pentacles, um, which is new and prosperous beginnings, uh, stability and opportunity. And I think I'm very hopeful that that's where we're going to be after all this. So, um, yeah, very, 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 very poignant cards. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, also with the six of pentacles, I wonder if that's a little bit too, of just, of, of that nostalgia for, like we were saying, like the way things were, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and not really knowing, not knowing what's going to happen next. And I think for me, it's like, I, I hope things change. I hope it's better. I hope I change. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously all we have to really go off of right now is like what we know from the past, you know, that's, that's all we have to compare it to. Um, I'm trying to remember actually this morning I pulled mood and I, oh, and I pulled eight of swords mm-hmm. and, and I was thinking about, um, that feeling of, of like being trapped, you know, and cause, cause mm-hmm. this morning it like really hit me hard and, and I was, yeah, I was just thinking about the way that there's always hope. And mm-hmm. even though it can be feel, it can feel really hard to believe that right now. Like yeah. we, we really have to believe that and like that. Mm-hmm. And and be daring enough to believe it, I think, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, cause part of me feels in a, in a way almost like almost defeatist. I hate to say like over the last two years of sort of feeling like, well, nothing's really going to change. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but, but it can like, and, and we can, and I, I will say that through this, I feel much more, I feel a great sense of like personal responsibility to change. So mm-hmm. at least there's that. And that's all I can really control is like, 
myself, you know, and I, I, I'm, I, I feel very committed that like this experience is going to change me. And so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to kind of focus on that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I will tell this one story that happened to me the other night. I woke, I woke, I mean, my sleep has been, has sleep been weird for you through this? Yeah. Um, so even like on the weekends, AJ and I are like, oh, we always usually try to sleep in. And I mean, we're up at like 8am and I wake up in the middle of the night every single night and I almost can't turn my mind off. Like I'll get up and go to the bathroom, get some water, lay back down. And it's almost like, I'm just like, I get in my head and and my thoughts and it's so hard to go back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll sometimes, some nights I'll stay up really late and, and wake Mm -hmm. up early or some, you know, or vice versa. But the other morning, the other morning, it was like four o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And I, um, woke up and made myself some tea and I've been really wanting to like connect with my ancestors, mm-hmm. um, which is something I've never felt. I, you know, I grew up in like rural North Carolina and always have been actually very like resistant to my family. I'm lucky mm-hmm. to have a mother who's very, um, you know, supportive of me as a gay man, but the rest of my family, I feel like doesn't, you know, really understand mm-hmm. what I do or who I am. So I've always kind of rejected that. But lately I've been thinking about like, you know, well, I'm curious, like further back, like maybe mm-hmm. not my immediate family, but way, way back, you know, what is that connection? Because I have always very much felt like I'm the end of like a karmic line of some kind, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, I've always lived my life in a way that's felt like I needed to like address some issues that, ha- that are like really deep seated, you know, mm-hmm. and, and have been, have felt very passionate about that. So I started to wonder like, where does that come from? Whatever. And one of my, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, the spiritual gaze, um, one of the, one of the hosts of that is very into ancestor work. And on an episode recently, he was saying, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to even know who they are. All you have to do is ask for them and they mm-hmm. will appear, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have set up like a little altar in my a little like separate altar from my like main altar mm-hmm. and um with like a candle and some different you know figures and things and so I just sat in front of it um which is in front of a window and lit the candle and just like looked out at the world and just kind of meditated and was like you know whatever kind you know well-meaning guides want to come to me ancestors mm-hmm. you know I'm open you know I, I'm, yeah. I'm open to experiencing it and like one of the the strongest senses that came over me, well, there were two things. One one was like, I wish that I had done it better, like really came over me. And so I, mm-hmm. th- I felt like it was a some kind of spirit saying like, basically like seize what you have and sort of do better than I did. Mm. And then the second thing that really came over me was um, we're all in this together and that this thing is affecting every person yeah. And the like ripple effect of it, you know, of, mm-hmm. like the pandemic and how it's touching people in different ways, but like everyone is affected. And that yeah. that has really stuck with me for this justice card episode, mm-hmm. because what affects one affects all, you know, like that that sort of idea. And yeah. and again, like I I I hope, I, I and I'm choosing to hope mm-hmm. that um that this is that is something that's going to change from this is we're, we're maybe awakening as we move into like the age of Aquarius. Yeah. That maybe we're, we're waking up into a sense of community again versus the like me generation that has dominated, you know, the last few years, like certainly my generation, you know? Yeah. Um, Have you ever done any like ancestor work or? I I haven't. um, But it's so interesting that you are talking about it now. I got, 
um, recently the moon deck, which is an Oracle deck. And I've been doing, I've been pulling a lot of daily, daily cards from that this past week. And this one morning this past week, I got, I can't remember what the name of it, but it's like, it was something like I am one with my divine spirituality and every card you pull kind of comes with a meditation or a ritual. And it was fully like getting in touch with your ancestors and seeing if you can communicate with them and then, you know, just being open to anything and then seeing if you recognize any patterns that are happening in your life or if a a number keeps coming up over and over again and you don't really, there's no really rhyme or reason for it. Um, So that's so interesting that you brought it up. Um, I've never done any of that, but I will say that people in my life, like family members that have passed away, have I, it's going to sound totally crazy, but, um, have come to visit me in my dreams. So, um, for example, like when that does not Ricky, sound crazy. okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, like sometimes people yeah. might feel like that's weird. Um, we're on but, a tarot podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel safe here to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for example, when, uh, Ricky, our cat passed away in, um, the fall last year, you know, especially within like the first two weeks, he would totally come visit me in my dream. And it wasn't like I just had a dream about him. It would just be like so specific. And I would wake up and I would just know that it was him being like, mom, I'm okay. You know? And so that is something that, that does happen to me. So, and I take comfort in that. Yeah. That reminds me last night, my boyfriend had a dream that our cat came up on to his belly and said (laughs) in a James Earl Jones voice, James Earl Jones voice, said um all you have to do is be yourself and everything will be fine <laughs> wow and I was like wow okay <laughs> come on kitty <laughs> I know <laughs> thank you Stanley yes <laughs> <laughs> all right so I had a really so you know first of all thank you to everyone that's listened to the first episode we've gotten some amazing feedback um if, if anyone is listening to this for the first time and wants to go back, we covered the Emperor card uh, last week, which in, in reflection, like maybe was one of the more like controversial ways we could have ever begun a tarot podcast just because <laughs> that card is so sort of like much maligned, you know, these days, yeah. but, but also like seemed really fitting because it, it was Aries season, the beginning of Aries season, and um, it's an Emperor year. So, you know, might as well just embrace it. But Um, I did, I'm part of a tarot group here in Astoria where I live and I got some feedback from my people there, uh, including one that we sort of went back and forth. And her last question I asked if we could share here on the podcast and sort of talk about it. So I will read her question. She said, I, I do not do readings for other people, or at least I haven't in years because I am not sure which quote unquote you I should be focusing on in the readings. Is it what the cards mean to me, or should I be channeling the other person's energy, and would it mean and what it would mean to them? Like, do I somehow do something to merge our energies or become a conduit for theirs? Do you do anything to kind of channel that energy? Ask them questions like what their impression of the card is, or do a mutual grounding exercise so you guys are energetically more aligned? I'm so curious about folks' techniques around this. Mm. So, what do you think, Erica? Well, I don't do a lot of readings for other people, but um, the few that I've done, I always like to give them the whole deck and be like, put your energy into this, your intentions, anything at all that you're feeling or that you are looking for guidance for. Um, 
and then I like to take them back and shuffle them and have them cut the deck and I'll shuffle them again. And then AJ, I'll actually give it to him and he'll pull right off the top. Like, you know, the three, if it's, if it's a three spread or a five spread. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause some people feel very strongly that like no one else should touch your tarot deck, you know, mm-hmm. that, that only yeah. you should. I also am someone that I really like to, well, if, you know, obviously if I'm doing a, a remote reading, I can't do this, but if I'm mm-hmm. doing an in-person reading, I like to let them do the whole thing. And I always say, take as long as you want. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you, if you're not able to rifle shuffle, you can just like be messy about it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I actually like that. Like um, when I read for my boyfriend, he really likes to touch like every card. I think you've mm-hmm. mentioned that too. Like really like AJ. That. Yeah. He loves yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like the reason for that is, is as a tarot reader, I feel like I'm there to facilitate the experience for this other person, you know, and help them get in touch with their intuition. Mm-hmm. So I, but I would say when, before we begin, I do always take three deep breaths with the person mm-hmm. and just, just to focus their energy. And, you know, I, I'll light a candle and, and, yeah. you know, to set, to set a intention and to set a, a space, you know, mm-hmm. and lately, one thing I've started to do is to actually just request, um, to say, do I have your permission to read your cards? Which obviously mm-hmm. if they're there, I do, but there's some kind of power that happens when someone says out loud, like, yes, you have my permission where yeah. they, they sort of open a little bit to the experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that has felt good. And then the other thing I I was curious to ask you about, I think we've talked about this before offline, but um, Mm -hmm. do you have any relationship with like any sorts of guides or anything you work with when you read? Not that I can identify. Um, I do always feel, I guess it's, it's all very like intuition based for me. Um, but I think I told you offline the other morning how I woke up and I just felt like so compelled to draw a card and it ended up being, I didn't really understand it completely at first. Um, and I was like, Oh, interesting. I wonder what this could be in reference to. And then by the end of the day, I was like, got it. I, I was meant to do that. I was meant to pull that card and I was meant to see that and get that message. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily feel, uh, any kind of specific spirit or guide or anything with me. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, that's also something that I like asked for, like similar yeah. to the ancestor work. It was, I, I, I was interested in having a guide or, or at least, or seeing what that was like, you know, trying. Yeah. And so I just one night did a meditation, you know, with my deck in front of my deck and just said like, I'm open to, a guy, mm-hmm. if there's, if there's a guide out there that wants to work with me, like I'm open. And my guide is a woman with a blue shroud over her. That's always who it is. And she's like running through Agrabah. <laughs> like, that's always what comes to me. Yes. Um, but it is cool, I will say, because sometimes, like, sometimes it feels like she's like in the room with me just kind of like mm-hmm. presiding or like overseeing and mm-hmm. or sometimes it'll just be like a voice like if I'm shuffling there'll be like this voice that's like okay that's enough or like two more like you know shuffle okay. twice more mm-hmm. and then sometimes it will feel like like she like my her skin becomes my skin like that mm-hmm. I kind of am her you know yeah um yeah and then when I'm actually doing the reading I don't it's not I don't really feel a sense of like 
it kind of goes it kind of dissipates at that point but like and I'm sure I could probably dive into that more but like definitely in the shuffling process and in the sort of centering process I feel some kind of sense of her um I do feel like when you read tarot it's important to to know that the cards are about the person that's asking for the reading you know Mm -hmm. so like so if I'm reading for myself, the cards are reflecting me, or if, if we're reading for someone else, they're reflecting the other person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, but it is interesting sometimes what can happen, like if you pull a lot of cards for yourself, you know, if you do daily pulls or whatever, sometimes you'll start to see those cards pop up a lot for other people too. And yeah. then, and then you do start to kind of ask yourself like, okay, <laughs> like, do I need to like change decks or like, what's yeah. going you know, like, <laughs> cleanse it, reset re- yeah. that energy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you yeah. do need to do that, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like change up the way you shuffle or something, but that, but I think yeah. that's why I like to let the other person do the shuffling because that way, yeah. you know, they, they're handling it. They're bringing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And it's always so interesting to watch how other people choose to like cut the deck or, yeah. you know, and the other thing, the longer I've, I've read, the, the, I used to feel very uptight, like if someone wasn't like, quote unquote, taking it seriously, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, like I'd be yeah. like, no, you can't talk, like you have to focus, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But the, the more I've done it, the more I've just been like, that's just their energy, you know, like, yeah. that's, that's what they're bringing to it. And, mm-hmm. and that's, and this is their reading, and I'm just here to like, kind of go on the ride with them. So, yeah. you know, I think that that comes with, with practice too, just like relaxing into like, everyone has their way and not everyone needs yeah. to light like 12 chandeliers like I do. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. We're going to be talking about the full moon in Libra that will be happening April 7th. Um, we love Libra. <laughs> we love the Libra. Um, Nick's sun sign is a Libra and my moon sign is a Libra. So we're very much in favor of the Libra. Yes. <laughs> um, so I've actually been, before I dive into the qual- different qualities and everything, I have been working on this astrology for real life. It's a workbook for beginners by Teresa Reed. And it has been so, so cool. I'm someone that didn't know too much about in depth about astrology before. And this workbook just really, really breaks it down, like every sign and all of that. So I'll touch base on that a little bit more in a sec. Um, But so for the qualities of the Libra, if it is your sun sign, um, it's an air sign, and it's also a cardinal sign. Um, cardinal meaning it it kicks off a season. So for the Libra, it kicks off fall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Libra seek balance and harmony, which the scales is what represents Libra. Libra, so that makes so much sense. Um, relationship and team oriented, intelligent, diplomatic, idealistic. Um, Libra is ruled by Venus. And Venus describes how we love. Um, so lovely. Um, qualities. That's <laughs> just <laughs> qualities. like me. Yeah, just like you. <laughs> so qualities of Libra in the moon are, which would be me, mm-hmm. relationships make your heart happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, love spending time with other people. That is a big yes for me. I can't be alone for more than like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um it's easy for you to connect with others and you accept people as they are. Mm. Um, 
So yes, I thought that was, that's, that's our Libra friends. Um, and then I just want to bounce back to this. If anybody else is really, really interested in astrology and wanting to kind of, um, grow their knowledge on it. I definitely recommend this book, Astrology for Real Life by Teresa Reed. Um, you start by making, creating your birth chart. Um, and for all of you listeners who might be interested in doing that, even after this episode, um, you can go to alabe.com, alabe, I don't know how to say it, A-L-A-B-E.com slash free chart. You enter all your information, you know, the region where you're born, the time, the day, and it'll generate this beautiful birth chart for you. Um, and with that, in the in the workbook, you kind of get the breakdown of all of the elements, which are, you know, your fire, water, air, earth signs, their different qualities. Like I mentioned, cardinal, there's mutable and fixed signs as well. Um, and then you get a whole introduction of the planets. And this is what makes everyone so unique. You know, every, no one has the same birth chart unless you're a twin like I am. So that's also super fun and interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, crazy. Um, and we are more than just our sun signs. So a lot of people will really not feel connected to their sun sign. And that's okay because there's so much other, there's so many other things that are just so involved in what make you so specifically you. Um, and the planets represent all of the different facets of our personality. So, for example, the moon um, rules your emotions. Venus describes how we love. Neptune represents our illusions, our imagination, spirituality. Um, and then you even get more detailed as showing possible retrograde planets, which would change things even further. Um, some people have different um, asteroids that come up as well, which can sometimes be very rare. Um, and then you have your houses. It introduces your 12 astrological houses. And the houses represent different areas of your life. So for example, your fifth house is concerned with self-expression, romance, creativity, and your 12th house is all about karma. Um, so it's just, it's very, very cool. It includes a ton of different chart patterns and their meanings. And it just makes for, you know, it, it allows you to kind of discover your super specific birth chart. And as like, as I've been going through and, you know, identifying everything in mine and the houses and the planets, I'm like, oh my God, this is so me. Like, this makes so much sense. Um, yeah. What's, what's been like one surprising thing you've learned about yourself through doing this? I guess for me, let me, I've been, I'm working on my different where, um, different planets are in their houses and everything. And then you kind mm -hmm. of journal about it at the end. And it's, it gives you like your high vibe and your low vibe as well, which is mm -hmm. so just good to know. So like in my best place, I'm kind of here. And in my worst place, I'm kind of here. So for example, I have, I just flipped open to a page. I'm my, my Mercury is in my seventh house and this deals, um, this deals with like, I, I love working with a partner. Um, I'm great at talking things through in rough patches of relationships, but in my low vibe, I'm like argumentative and easily bored, you mm -hmm. know? So it's kind of like, as you dive deeper through your, what, like, wow. Yeah. I guess that, that is, that is me. I, right. I, I yeah. can identify like where I do that. Um, so yeah, it's been really cool and I've really enjoyed it. And I still have like probably like another third of the workbook left. So that's awesome. Okay. So, so, so we're talking about the justice card today because that is the card that corresponds with Libra. 
Um, and also Libra is ruled by Venus, which is, um, which also corresponds to the Empress. And I thought that was interesting mm -hmm. too, because um, Libra is the polar sign to Aries, which is the emperor. Um, so we're, we're now looking, basically Aries is like, I am, and Libra is we are, you know, Libra is uniting, mm -hmm. uniting two. Um, so why don't we do, why don't we describe the card itself? Um, yeah. So in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, we have a, a lady, but also could be sort of an androgynous character, um, but sort of traditionally is, yeah, is, is seen as, as mm -hmm. a lady, like Lady Justice, which is what we always hear mm -hmm. in, you know, sort of pop culture. She's seated on a throne. She's wearing a, a red robe and a, a green cape and a crown. And then there's this veil or this, um, you know, curtain behind her, which is sort of hodgepodge, honestly. You know, it's like a little, not not the nicest curtain, interestingly. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a yellow sun and she's seated behind the, between the two pillars. So, you know, when I was looking back over our goddess, Rachel Pollock, um, you know, she was pointing out in 78 Degrees of Wisdom that this figure is sort of a fusion of um, the magician and the high priestess, uh, which is interesting because the magician is number one and the high priestess is two. And numerology of this card, uh, Justice is 11. So Justice is planted right in the middle of the line of the major arcana. And also Libra is planted in the middle of the Zodiac. So we're getting a lot of balance here. Yes. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of centrality. And what I did not know and as I was researching this episode is that 11 is what's considered a master number in numerology. So in numerology, you always are reducing down to the lowest possible single digit of a number except for in numerology, 11, 22, and 33 are considered master numbers. And uh, it's interesting for many reasons, um, the repetition of numbers, which is also a magical, you know, sort of principle. Like if you've ever heard anyone say, oh, it's 11, 11, make a wish. Mm -hmm. There's sort of this idea in, in magic that it's, it's like a symbol of like synchronicity, like a, a feeling of like, oh, I'm I'm in sync with the universe, or at least that's how I feel about it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I do love catching those moments in my day. And the more you look for it, the more it happens. Like, yes, I would oh, yeah. I, honestly at at least twice a day, every single day, I will catch a repeating number, which is kind of fun. Like it's it's wild, yeah. but it's like oh nice, you know, like yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So eleven eleven would be you know so so sorry eleven is. Um, one plus one, which is two, and I, I like that for many reasons for for this for what we're talking about because one being like we were saying one being the emperor in Aries and two being Libra, one is like self, two is other, and then three, which comes out of that, which is the third master number, is sort of the beginning of everything else that could ever come from one and two. Um, but oh, so all that to say that um, that the magician being related to, to number one and then the high priestess number two, this combination of this figure is the the woman is seated between the pillars like the high pri like in the high priestess, and then she mm -hmm. has the body language of the magician with the sword pointed up and the scales pointed mm -hmm. down. And also, what is interesting is that apparently Pamela Coleman Smith, uh, who is the artist of this deck 
had a lot of friends that worked in theater. And so there's a theory that perhaps that's why the, the drape is sort of almost looks like a stage. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, because she was drawing a lot of these these figures kind of based on the stuff that she was seeing her friends do like in theater, but also maybe plays a little bit into like the idea that that justice itself is sort of a stage, you know, and sort of all for show sometimes like maybe it's a commentary mm -hmm. on like, you know, justice isn't all it's cracked up to be basically, but it also made yeah. me think about um, the way that now we think of the idea of justice always being that uh, um, having the the veil over her eyes, you know, that traditional mm -hmm. image of like Lady Justice and she's blind because she's being fair and impartial. Right. But this, right. you know, depiction, the woman doesn't have it over her eyes, but the veil is still present. So it sort of made mm -hmm. me, you know, think about that. Yeah. Um, it also makes me think about the Two of Swords card because in that image, the woman's eyes are veiled, mm -hmm. um, but she is holding two ideas and sort of the lesson of the two of swords is, you know, if she could just get out of her mind and feel the water that's under her feet and get into her feelings, she would be able to find the answer. Um, mm -hmm. So it's interesting, like with the two, having the two ideas that it, that's too much, but here in Justice, we have just the one single sort of sword of truth and her eyes are mm -hmm. open to see, you know, the truth like through that. Um, do you have other decks you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so I have I have the Fountain Tarot and Star Child. And um in Star Child you have kind of another androgynous figure um wearing a dress and the sword is pointed down, which I find interesting. So mm. she kind of has her hand out straight and the sword is facing pointing towards the ground. And I also have the Fountain Tarot, which I find really, really interesting because you see the scales so very obviously, but it's just the tip of the sword and it's still, it's facing up. But I just find that it, it, rather than having, seeing the visual of the entire sword, it's just the, the blade, the edge of the blade. Just you know? the tip. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> just the tip of justice. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. I have one more to show, which is the Spacious Tarot. And in that one, it is a rock, a black mm. and white rock in the middle of a pool of water. I really love this one. And the ripples are, are going out and out and out. And I like this because it just, it broadens the meaning of the card a little bit, you know, to sort of, for me, that's where the card starts to mean more about the effect you have on the world around you, like what I was talking about with, with my ancestors and how one yeah. small action really impacts, can impact a lot, you know. Let's talk about some traditional, like, qualities. You know, if this, if this card comes up in a reading, um, what are some, like, high vibrational qualities and what are some low vibrational qualities of this, of this card? Um, I think a big takeaway is that all of your actions and your words shape your reality. Um, so not necessarily that they have consequences, because I don't agree with that, but just that it everything that you've done in your past, which like we also have the scales, which represent the past and the future, right? We're right here in the middle. So everything that you've done up until this point has shaped you as an individual and as the type of person that you are, which then informs the decisions that you make. Um, so that's kind of always like the base point for me. Yes, fairness. Yes, 
balance and doing what's right 100%. But I think, I think it's more interesting to think about um, more in a daily life too. Like, what have I done up to this point that has affected the decision that I may or may not make? And then how then might that affect the outcome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think too, there's like a sense of whenever I see this card come up for people, it's kind of like, it's time to really assess like what's working for you and what's not working in like a real, yeah. a real way, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of cut the bullshit a little bit, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I was going to actually read this section from 78 degrees of wisdom. Uh, as long as we believe that our past lives just happen, that we do not bring our own selves into existence through everything we do, then the past remains a mystery and the future an endlessly turning wheel empty of meaning. But when we accept that every event in our lives has helped to form our characters and that in the future we will continue to create ourselves through our actions, then the sword of wisdom cuts through the mystery. So that's a lot. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and I really like that, the idea of the sword cutting through. Um, mm-hmm. And that's actually another deck that I have, which is Bakara Whitner's The Way Home Tarot. She has an image of a sword with rocks balanced on either side. And it's perfectly, you know, it's just right on the tip, right on the tip and just perfectly balanced. <laughs> um, yeah. It's sort of being that like, but, you know, it's interesting as a Libra, and I was curious to ask you about this. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've often struggled because I, I, when I was younger, I used to feel like being a Libra meant that I was supposed to be balanced as a person. And I was always like, well, mm-hmm. I don't feel, I don't feel particularly balanced, like actually feel kind of all over the place, you know, like, yeah, but, right. but the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that it's actually my struggle as a Libra or my lot in life as a Libra is that I always want, wish I were balanced, you know, and feel very uncomfortable mm-hmm. when I'm not, you know, like, it's not that I always am, it's mm-hmm. that I always want to, be, you know, and have, have often struggled with integrating itself when I feel like I'm being like meditative Nick versus like partying Nick or, you know, like feeling Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm separate selves instead of just one self. And for me, what I, where I've come to with, with that process is feeling, is realizing that if and when I ever got to a complete stable balance, like where the scales were completely still, I would be dead. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's, I really feel like it's like a constant mm -hmm. give and take, you know? Right, right. And I think too, you know, we can't all be, you know, this one, you know, party Nick, like that's what you do all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, because then, then you're what kind of person, I don't know, you know, so it's kind of like, if like you were saying meditative Nick and party Nick, well, that is like you're balancing because then you're not always meditating all the time. You're not always partying all the time, but if you're, you're every day, you're meeting in the middle. So therefore you are actually balance even if you may not feel like it it's like these these different experiences or or um you know place they, they, you know experiences and things that you're doing are actually balancing you out for your day-to-day life right yeah yeah and it's also I think thinking of me like Nick as being the fulcrum or the like center point and then mm-hmm. the my life is the scales which mm-hmm. are kind of constantly vacillating or oscillating you know but right. that I in the center am always me mm-hmm. you know right yeah. Totally. Um, what are some, what are some things that might, like, if you, if you saw this come up for yourself or for another person, either reversed or sort of in a more low vibration way, like, what would you think of? I 
would wonder if I made like it's just I don't know if, if I was were to have make it make a decision if I would be making the right one or maybe I'm making a decision for the wrong reason um and therefore it wouldn't be the just decision right or like for example I actually was reading I don't know if it was 70 degrees of wisdom or not um but I was reading actually about this card and for example if it wasn't a like in a reverse reading like somebody who wanted to have an affair, right? We know that that's justice, not the right thing to do. However, they would want to make that decision anyway, because they, why not in their mind, right? So I feel like if that was someone's scenario and they pulled that card, justice would be like, you need to check it before you wreck it and like think about the consequences rather than being caught up in the moment, right? Because again, every choice you make in your past affects it affects what happens in your future yeah and it's kind of like maybe are you are you really being real with yourself are you yeah. you know are you, are you changing the story to sort of fit your needs or are you right. being real it's like that the bias that happens when you like i forget exactly what the saying is but you know if you're doing research to like prove your point and the way mm-hmm. that if all you if all you're doing is looking for stuff that you agree with and that's what you're going to find you know so mm-hmm. that's not that's not really a true sense of like research or like cross-checking you know right um you know because one thing that really struck me when I was prepping for this episode was the idea of our justice system in general and our and the the judicial branch of the government and how yeah you know the judicial branch the the um definition of the judicial branch is to interpret the law it's not to like make the law you know Mm -hmm. it's it's interpreting how the the um legislative branch has has decided what the law should be and then the executive branch carries it out so it's interpretation and it's you know it makes me think of buddhism so much and mm-hmm. there actually is a a little excerpt i was going to read from stephen bachelor's after buddhism he's talking about a book called the or a concept called the chapter of eights and the excerpt it's it's a little heady but i still think it's applicable mm-hmm. for this it says he does not elaborate a view on the grounds of knowledge or morals. He neither claims to be equal nor thinks of himself as better or worse. He lets go of one position without taking another. He's not defined by what he knows, nor does he join a dissenting faction. He assumes no view at all. He's not lured into the blind alleys of it is and it is not this world and the next, where he lacks those commitments that make people ponder and seize hold of teachings. So you know, that that view of like being in the middle way and being sort of blind to this or that, that makes me think of the blinding of justice, like mm-hmm. in kind of a different way where it's like you're you're blind to it should be this or it should be that. The law says this or the law says that. And mm-hmm. you're free to be like, well, but in this case, in this particular circumstance, what should the law, how should the law be interpreted? You know? Yeah. All right. Fun time. What are your pop culture references? <laughs> okay. Of course, because it's me, Disney. Yep. yep. <laughs> so I have Esmeralda and Jasmine. Mm. So Esmeralda from Hunchback of Notre Dame mm-hmm. and Jasmine from Aladdin, which actually on my playlist from the live action version of Aladdin, Speechless is on there because come on, girl. Yep. She is like the epitome of justice and doing what's right for her kingdom and her people um esmeralda is not a princess or a of royalty in any way she is just this epic gypsy that 
I adore. Um, but she's so much about the justice of her people. You know, she's considered an outcast because of when it takes place and, you know, you're a witch and that's a bad thing, burn at the stake. And we're like, okay, everybody needs to calm down. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's very much about making the right decisions to protect people that are different like her. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that. Um, I also thought of, I don't know, this isn't really pop cultural, but as a historical figure, I feel like Harriet Tubman. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she, she built this foundation to, to free her people from slavery. And like, it's the first thing it's a, she's the first person that I thought of. Um, and especially too, on my, on the playlist that I made, there are three songs that have, um, the word freedom in it. And, mm -hmm. um, they're all by people of color. And so it's very much that I think she fits so perfectly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you, well, here, I'll go through my list and then I have a question for you. So okay. I, th I thought of the Dalai Lama, of course. Yes. Yeah. Because again, I, Buddhism, I just really think about, you know, with this, I thought of Greta Thun Thunberg. Mm -hmm. um, I thought of Sonny and Cher. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I thought of many, like, you know, couples, like, in a way, I actually yeah. thought of um, the Civil Wars, too, like, mm -hmm. the way that, because they make such beautiful music, but their relationship was so strenuous, so I just thought yes. of the give and take of that, you know? Yeah. I thought of the musical Sideshow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also thought of the movie Back to the Future, or, like, any sci-fi movie where you go back in time, but you, like, can't change things incorrectly or it will affect yes. the outcomes you know yes, like very much of that I thought of also King Solomon which is the biblical story about the two mothers who they have they both are saying it's their baby and then he's like mm -hmm. well we're gonna cut it in half and the mom who's like no don't cut my baby you can have it is is the real mom uh -huh. um and then I thought of Cole House Walker Jr. in Ragtime <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um, but my question for you is, and perhaps this should be an, uh, a constant um, feature on the podcast, I think that each card we should pick the Harry Potter character that makes us think of the card. I love that. So oh which Harry gosh. Potter character makes you think of justice? Mm. I know mine. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I actually think of Snape. Okay, I'm here for that. Because of the way that he he even though he, every fiber of his being doesn't want to do it he knows it's the right thing to do you know and he yes. but he also does toe that line of like good and evil and like mm -hmm. but I feel like he really more than anyone like you know super su come like supersedes any rules of like what should or should not be yeah you know I completely agree actually um and even specifically because of, of course you know for the whole beginning movies, everyone's like, Snape's evil, he's the bad guy, blah, 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 blah. But then that pivotal scene in Deathly Hallows when he gets killed and he's like, Harry, take my tears. So you can actually see everything yeah, that I know and everything that's happened. And you're like, mind blown. I completely agree with you. All right. 100%. Well, yeah. Maybe that, maybe that's going to be our, our new segment is what Harry, what Harry I'm Potter cares. down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Um, okay, well, why don't you tell us about your playlist and your song? Yes, so I really, really enjoyed the songwriting and making the playlist for this one. Um, and I enjoyed the listening. 
<laughs> Yay. <laughs> I feel like the playlist, like every single song, I feel like hits it, nails it on the head. It's like, yes, that is justice. Um, so I made a note, I made some notes on like three of the songs. Um, Higher Ground, which was actually not what it, it wasn't like what I thought of immediately for the playlist. Um, Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. But he literally sings, I'm so darn glad he let me try it again because my last time on earth, I lived a whole lot of sin. I'm so glad that I know more than I knew then. Gonna keep on trying till I reach the highest ground. And I was like, yep. Damn, like that's it. And yep. it's like un unsuspectedly it, right? It's like not, I love that it's not what I first thought of, but then like really listening to it, I was like, yes, like that is justice. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I think so, in a way, like I was also thinking about, you know, justice in a way, in, when you think about it like that, it's kind of similar to the wheel of fortune, except mm -hmm. I think the wheel of fortune is more outside circumstances that you don't anticipate and the way they affect mm -hmm. you. Whereas justice, like you're saying, is when you take it into your own hands and sort of say, no, I know better now, or I'm because of, because I learned this, I'm going to do this or, you know. Yeah. 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 Like holding yourself accountable and learning mm -hmm. from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have Speechless from Aladdin because Homegirl sings and everything she's saying, you know, basically um, within the context of justice and the movie and everything, she's like, I won't be silent. Like I will speak my, I will be, I will use my voice for my people. Um, that's great. I also have the very first song on the playlist, which is We Can Work It Out by the Beatles. Um, I'm like such a Beatles girl. I literally have a Beatles shirt on right now. Mm -hmm. um, I love the Beatles. But I this is also like one of my favorite songs and I'll read some of the lyrics for that as well life is very short and there's no time for fussing and fighting my friend I have always thought that it's a crime so I will ask you once again try to see it my way only time will tell if I am right or I am wrong while you see it your way there's a chance that we may fall apart before too long we can work it out we can work it out yeah totally um, so yeah, so I love that. But I really love the whole playlist, like truly, madly, deeply love it. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> and then as far as the, um, the original song for Libra, it is called As Above, So Below. And I, you know, I always like to journal first. I like will go back to my astrology book and really delve deep into like the qualities and characteristics and everything and just kind of make notes on it. And it was easy to develop the lyrics for this one like it didn't take that much work or effort in getting them written out which mm -hmm. I thought was very interesting mm -hmm. um and it's just very much about you know the whole the chorus is literally balanced out balanced out and I feel like it's very focused on like the scales of Libra and and the balance of life um and one of the one of the verses says, as it is above, so it is below. Mama Earth is going to balance and restore. And that's also kind of in reference to what's happening right now. You know, like, she's going to figure out a way. Like, everything, you know, with what's happening right now and how terrible it is, like, we, we she's going to balance it and restore it. And we're all going to come out and we'll have learned things and we'll hopefully be in better places. Um, so, yeah. And You have that one lyric in there that's about... It's something about like one, one and one or one to one or what was that? Um, count it one by one, count it one by one. And, oh, of course I didn't write that. Cause I wondered if, I wondered if you even realized that you were sort of alluding to 11 there when you said that. 
I did not. Not at all. Yeah. I thought that I was not. super cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I also, yeah. I, I also think it's interesting that the words came so easily to you because it's an air sign. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if you'll have a harder time at all with like earth or, you know, like, like when maybe mm-hmm. we'll find out soon with Taurus, like, you know, that'll be yeah, interesting. Right. So yeah. And then as far as the sound of the song itself, I knew I wanted a very grounded feeling and I'm not even really sure why I'm not even sure why when I was thinking about it that that's what I wanted but it does feel very rooted and very grounded and I I really am thrilled AJ's like music behind it gave it that feel and it's perfect um so yeah I'm I'm very happy with how it came out all right well everybody enjoy as above so below to begin 
Well, Erica, it's been another amazing recording session. Yes, it really has. I feel my heart is very full. Me too. This is this is keeping me going right now. I'm I, I've been joking with everyone. I, I have at least two friends right now that are starting podcasts. So I'm sure the world is about to get an influx of podcasts. But <laughs> yeah. you know, we got to keep being creative. So if I hope everyone out there is enjoying this. If you are, please um, rate a, rate us the five star rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment. That is the best way for people to discover mm-hmm. the podcast. Also, please share it with anyone you know that might be into it. Um, please check out Erica's playlist on Spotify. Yeah, so our next episode is going to be in celebration of the new moon in Taurus, which we will talk about the Hierophant, which is another, um, you know, complicated little card. Um, but uh, I love I love a Taurus. I literally love a Taurus, my boyfriend. But also <laughs> I, I do love Tauruses. And that will be on April 22nd. So I hope everyone checks that out and uh in the meantime you can follow me at man of the cards on instagram and also check out manofthecards.com. i have some half off specials right now on readings if anyone's interested in, in getting a reading while you're while you're at home or gifting a reading um either well i was going to say either in person or remote but i guess right now just remote but um <laughs> i would love to work with you and erica how can people find you you can find me at Erica Conaway, just at my name, Erica Conaway on Instagram, and I'll pop right on up. Amazing. All right, everybody, keep safe out there and keep spreading the love. Bye.